What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got an extra special episode for you. We're actually going to be breaking some news first to market with this. I uh, don't know how I was able to secure exclusive rights to this story, uh, but I'm stoked I did. I'm going to be sitting down with Renee. He is the co-founder of Cello. Uh, they're kind of a rival to Libra. They've got their stablecoin, uh, the Cello dollar, uh, and they've also got this Alliance for Prosperity. It's a group of institutions and smaller companies that are all coming together, helping the spread of adoption. Very similar to Libra's, I think it's the Libra Foundation. Uh, there's some new partners that have joined recently, a lot of big names. We're going to be announcing some of them on the show. That's kind of the breaking news. But before we get into that, do just got to take care of two quick things. Again, it's a video interview. I'm trying to convert all of you guys from the podcasting platforms to the YouTube so you can watch these people as they talk. You can see their beautiful smiling faces uh, or the charts or whatever we're really looking at. Uh, and the second thing is that Again, this episode is sponsored by Crypto.com. Stoked to have them as a sponsor. They've got so much going on. You know, they're one of the biggest companies in the industry. Uh, again, just extremely lucky to have them as a sponsor. Uh, and there's just the one announcement again today on the 12th of this month. Uh, they are doing their 50% off sale through the, through the syndicate. Uh, and it's for Bitcoin. It's in honor of the halving. Uh, so if you head on over, there's a link in the description below. I think the link actually takes you to their their credit card sign up. They've got some cool perks with that credit card that they've got. Uh, but explore the site and uh, check it out because you can get 50% off of Bitcoin, which is unheard of. You're getting 4K Bitcoin, which you probably won't see anytime soon. Uh, so again, head over. You don't need any CRO. It's pretty much no strings attached on this one. Uh, link in the description below. I'm starting to ramble here, so let's get into the episode with Renee. So Renee, before we really get into this big announcement that you've got and talk about Cello, do you think you could just give us a quick background on yourself, You know who you are, what you were doing before you got into the crypto industry, that sort of thing? Yeah, so... Um... And first of all, thanks for having me. Really excited to, uh, right. to be here. I appreciate episode. you sitting down. Thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I um, my background. I, I grew up in Germany. I um, um, you know have been sort of going back and forth between being an entrepreneur and uh, being in uh, sort of bigger companies, uh, but. Actually, you know what? Let's just start over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I try to switch it up so I don't give the same intro over, but now... Right, I it's always the same question kind of to start. <laughs> uh, okay, a second. Um, yeah, no, super excited to, to be on the show. Um, so my background, I'm, I'm from Germany. I started my career in traditional finance at Morgan Stanley and then also worked in... Uh, in, in a few other um, international, in the international context to work with the World Bank, uh, local office, for example, in Venezuela. And, you know, feel like I've along the way gotten a really big appreciation for the financial system and some of the shortcomings. And so when deciding on 
what what to work on you know more recently and seeing bitcoin seeing ethereum seeing the uh, capabilities with smart contracts it became clear that uh, this is really this is the future and my my co-founders Sepp and Merrick and I, we've been working together for over a decade now. We met at MIT, uh, you know, where Merrick and I started a company that came out of Tim Berners-Lee's lab uh, around semantic web technologies, helping small businesses better market themselves uh, on, the, on the internet. And uh, it's interesting because there are a lot of parallels between the semantic web and, and some of the discussions that we've had even a decade ago uh, around, you know, what would a decentralized social network look like? Um, and it's 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 fascinating to me how fast, you know, with the the crypto ecosystem growing, that um, that conversation has now become much more mainstream. And it doesn't just happen in sort of the, the hallways of the computer science uh, lab at MIT, but it, it happens, you know, in Congress or it happens in in you know really in, in sort of people's living rooms and so that to me what, what's happened over the last 10 years and, and certainly blockchain technology as an enabler has been fascinating to see and you know excited to you know be a small part of that with what we're doing at cello you say a small part i'd say it's a pretty big part uh you have a killer resume you got morgan stanley on there you went to mit uh crazy resume you've kind of been at the forefront of this and you're talking about these kind of water cooler talks about decentralized this and decentralized that um so i feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this kind of stuff uh do you think we could get into cello specifically you know what it is i know there's cello gold and cello dollar uh do you mm -hmm. think we can get into that sort of thing just to kind of start the conversation off before we really get too deep yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from the, so we started working on this about three years ago and from the early days, um, we, we've had this kind of vision in mind that the, the world needs a better financial system that um, enables prosperity for, for everyone. And the emphasis here is actually on the second part. It's, it's around, you know, why, you know, why we're kind of, why we want to build better financial infrastructure is to, to really um, enable everyone to uh, participate in the global economy, for example, right? And have a purpose. And by the way, for those who wonder what, where, the, where the name cello comes from, it's an Esperanto word uh, that means purpose. And, and so with everything that we do, it's really about, okay, how do we, um, what are the use cases that uh, this technology actually has the biggest impact on? And, um, and, and starting there, um, figuring out, okay, how do we, create better, uh, you know, basic financial products and services? How do we make lending easier? How do we uh, allow someone more easily to send money from A to B? And so Cello really ends up being that kind of underlying infrastructure that we hope can enable a lot of that. And so if I had to sort of, you know, kind of describe it, I would say it's a decentralized permissionless blockchain platform that enables anyone to build, uh, you know, decentralized financial applications, but also centralized applications. And uh, the, the big focus of Cello is on making that all possible to run on even just a simple smartphone. And I think that's been one of the areas where, when we look at what this technology can do to the world, um, we have to we have to start by uh, building for mobile, right? We have uh, we're predicted to have over seven billion smartphone subscribers by 2025 and you know if we if we want to make sure that 
um, or if, if you know the path for me personally to to kind of mass adoption of, um, of of crypto assets is really by delivering amazing experiences directly on phones natively, and uh, and so that's what we've been focused on with Cello. And so if you if you kind of if you unfold that a little bit, what does it actually mean in terms of the the tech stack? You have a um, a um, kind of kind of set of core protocols, uh, proof of stake consensus. And we can talk a little bit more about uh, you know, proof of stake versus proof of work and how we're um, you know, running this or envisioning this as like a, um, a actually uh, no, initially carbon neutral, but potentially there are ways to actually bring this technology even much more in line with our environment by, for example, allowing for, for the creation of natural asset-backed um, currencies. But that's at the core layer. The, the second uh, and third kind of pieces to that core infrastructure are a lightweight identity protocol and a stability protocol. The lightweight identity protocol ensures that we can abstract a lot of um, you know, what I think today creates friction and adoption uh, uh, for, for cryptocurrencies in terms of you know, if I wanted to send you um, some, some DAI, you know, I would need you to kind of broadcast and you know, if I want to do it in a trustless way, you to broadcast your kind of address and then I kind of, you know, um, can, can make the transaction. It'd be so much easier if I could simply just send some DAI or some USDC, right, directly to your phone number in a trustless way. And then for you, if you have a wallet, great, it, it pops up. If you don't, um, you have an easy way to kind of associate your phone number with your wallet and, and claim, claim those funds. And that's exactly what we've built with, with Cello. And that lightweight identity protocol actually also becomes sort of the, the anchor for identity that longer term can lead with some of the work that my co-founder Seb Kambar, um, you know, he was the co-inventor of a, uh, a protocol called Eigentrust, uh, which uh, he wrote the paper back in, in 2002, 2003. So um, it's, you know, actually really interesting um, that some of these concepts have been around for actually much longer than, than, than Bitcoin. And um, this could be the path to a, you know, kind of different way of doing credit scores, right? Through peer attestations. And so this identity protocol is key, I think, because with all of the financial use cases that we want to see and enable, identity always plays a key role in that. The second piece are the kind of, I guess the third piece, you know, consensus, identity protocol. The third piece is the stability protocol. And so this goes to your question around, you know, there's solo gold, solo dollars. Uh, we believe to, to really get kind of a broad adoption, we need digital assets that uh, people can very easily understand, right? A cello dollar, um, a digital asset that's packed to the dollar, it's something that people can wrap their head around. They can use it to pay back a friend. Um, the platform is set up so that through governance, other stable assets can be introduced, whether that's the cello peso or cello shilling, or, or maybe a functional or a local currency, you know, packed to a, a certain community. And, and that's, I think, you know, uh, together that package uh, provides what we hope um, really compelling infrastructure for people to build these new financial uh, products and services. And we actually, you know, we decided to build the first application ourselves, which is the seller wallet that enables anyone anywhere to send and receive, uh, you know, payments and digital assets based on, on a phone number. And, and so kind of by going full stack, we ultimately are able to, you know, do a lot of user research and what would this look like with an end user and then take that feedback uh, that both sort of our team and the, 
There are many teams that are already building on the platform. Everything is open source um, or, you know, members of our alliance can bring back as feedback and, and make changes that impact some of the core infrastructure. There we go. A lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway just from, you know, what we had talked about there was that you guys are really breaking down these barriers, you know, with, I think it's something like 6 billion people have smartphones currently, uh, just being able to tie a phone number to a wallet, have people send from a phone to a phone. It makes things a lot easier. Um, so I applaud you guys and what you're doing. Uh, before we get into kind of this big announcement that you guys have, I do just kind of want to take a step back and maybe talk about why you feel stable coins are important. Uh, I know it was kind of briefly mentioned or hinted at there, uh, but I feel like a lot of people in the industry, they're big proponents of Bitcoin, other currencies. They say, why, why do we need stable coins? Uh, and you're here building one. So can you maybe talk about why you feel they're important? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, stable coins have seen a dramatic rise even just yeah. since the beginning it's of, been of crazy. this year, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. This last year or so, it's been there's been a huge rise in them. Yeah, and you know, I think the what's interesting with that kind of even like looking at that, the use case uh, today is still mostly around um, you know kind of institutional use cases, uh, people you know using these for kind of settlements on on exchanges and and so on, and. The, the area that we see kind of big potential is much more in terms of in-market adoption is people actually using this uh, for, uh, for use cases around, yeah, sending, uh, sending money within a community, um, you know, kind of microloans, microinsurance, uh, being able to get paid for, for work in, in, in stable coins. And, and I think, you know, that kind of, ends up going much more into, uh, you know, the bucket of being complementary in terms of the kind of global supply of, of currencies versus the, the more narrow use case for stable coins today. And so I think we'll going forward, I think we'll, we'll see as, you know, it gets easier and easier uh, for people and organizations to use stable coins. We'll see, um, you know, I think an even more dramatic rise in, uh, in sort of, you know, stable coins outstanding because, it's just, um, you know, it makes so much more sense to have, you know, in a digital world, to have digital assets that kind of facilitate transactions um, versus um, always kind of going back to sort of the, the traditional infrastructure. And early on, you know, I think this is kind of something that uh, with the Alliance for Prosperity, we, we recognize and embrace is that, you know, it, we need kind of connections between the existing system and this new system, right? It, it's not possible to just immediately go to like a, uh, you know, fully new digital world. And so, you know, if, if we want this to be kind of useful, we need to kind of, as a, as an industry kind of figure out how do we make it easy for someone to, you know, basically get money in and out of the system, uh, fiat money in that case. There we go. Yeah. And, I feel and, like, you know, everyone yeah. in the industry is really, they, they see the end goal and they just want to be there. They don't really realize that this is a slow process changing you know, monetary policy and financial systems does take a lot of time. Uh, and I feel like everyone's so caught up in the day to day that they forget that, you know, it's going to take time to get there. <clears throat> so you, <clears throat> sorry, you briefly brought up the Alliance for Prosper or of, is it of prosperity or for prosperity? 
for prosperity. Four. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, you briefly brought it up, and you guys have this big announcement. You guys are announcing new partners. Um, you know, I, I kind of everyone knows Libra and the Libra Association. Um, I'm assuming that this is somewhat similar, but there are some differences. Uh, do you think you could talk to us about what it is, who's involved, how you guys are different, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, so, I mean, you brought up Libra, like, uh, you know, Facebook's Libra, the the Alliance for Prosperity, you know, really has this mission of fostering financial inclusion, um, help people, um, you know, just participate more easily in, in the global financial system. And, you know, I think when remember reading sort of the early, uh, you know, announcements uh, around Libra last year, and that was, you know, front and center of that message. I think um, for us, when I, when I look at the members of Cellos Alliance for Prosperity, I actually see a lot of organizations that are already doing that, that are in markets where there is, um, you know, where there's need for improvement of financial infrastructure, people that are on the ground kind of fighting these battles and, um, and are building, building some of that infrastructure. And so, you know, for us, I think the, the, especially given that I think that the major, some of the major differences between uh, Libra and, and Celo are, you know, Celo is, is a truly open permissionless system. So anyone can participate, run a full node, run a validator, right? So we don't, we don't have to necessarily um, come up with all of these restrictions around what, um, you know, that association membership would look like as a, as a community, because, you know, really that is something that, that happens uh, organically, but we we wanted to um, you know doing a lot of work with many of the organizations that are now in the alliance. Uh, we realized that there's there are benefits for for creating um, you know and you know and, and sort of organization around it that actually helps with kind of sharing best practices. Um, you know, all of the alliance members are have taken a commitment have made a commitment to to integrate. The cello platform, you know, cello dollars, the, the cello currencies into their products, or, or help with the on and off ramps in these markets to to make it easier for for everyone to to actually kind of use uh, to use cello. And so the the focus is much more around use cases. And you know, once the um, once sort of we gain adoption for for cello currencies, to make sure that anyone who kind of gets in touch with it kind of immediately sees the utility of it. And so. If you if you look at the the set of organizations that are that are already in the alliance, you you see a mix. Yeah, you see a mix exactly of wallets, exchanges, people building infrastructure tools, uh, humanitarian aid providers, payment providers, remittance providers, uh, quite a few educational organizations. We we believe education really is uh, you know massively needed in, in this industry and in the financial space more broadly to to help really um, you know bring this new technology. Uh, two communities in, in the right way, and and so from our from our perspective, um, it's been it's been really exciting because you know so I I'm one of the founders of Cello, but I also run an organization called C Labs, which is actually one of the initial alliance members, and you know we're um, you know we're building among other things the the Cello wallet, but but actually seeing what all the other alliance members are building and being able to collaborate. Um, on, on some of the research and pilot work has been fascinating. And so I can give some examples, but maybe just to, uh, to share 
sort of the range of names, right? And, and tying that to some of the use cases. Um, one use case we're excited about is, uh, is lending. And, you know, Grameen, the Grameen Foundation is one of the biggest micro lenders in the world. And uh, so it's really exciting to, to leverage that kind of expertise for, for the platform and for the community. And uh, similarly with cash transfers, uh, you know, Mercy Corps is one of the biggest humanitarian aid organizations in the world. And, you know, we've, we've long recognized that, you know, cash transfers today are broken and the way we give cash, um, you know, for crisis or humanitarian relief, um, or, you know, even when we think about UBI programs or social payment programs, it's, it's, it's broken, right? I mean, we're having this discussion even today in, in Europe and in the US around COVID-19 and relief payments, like how do we get money to people? How do we get money to people fast and reliably and make sure we don't miss like, you know, like a large part of the population. And that's still this an unsolved a huge problem. Thing. Yeah, this it's is a huge thing problem. in the US. You know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, they haven't filed tax returns. The government doesn't exactly know how to get them this check because that $1,200 check just recently got set out, sent out. Yeah. Uh, so we're dealing with this at the very moment. This is this is breaking stuff right here. Yeah, and for us, you know, it's it's uh, we've been, um, our team has been very involved in that, in that conversation. And, you know, I... Um, I think it's great because we've 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 actually run uh, cash transfer uh, pilots and programs, and people on our team have have run some of the biggest uh, programs out there. And so, you know, we want to bring that expertise to the table and and say, hey, look, you know, um, imagine you could make that payment within five seconds to all the people that you know, like basically to all the people in your in your communities simply by kind of knowing a phone number, right? And then uh, from that kind of um, kind of phone wallet they're able to kind of go to the local store and make a payment and um, the money stays in the community and you know there's there's just like the efficiency the the kind of operations of that would be so far superior so much more superior than kind of what uh, the, the ways we, we do this now so yeah i think these are some of the examples um where um you know you mentioned sort of the the big announcement um that's in the pipeline where um it's, it's been great working with the initial members and we're starting to kind of set up uh, committees and their kind of regular community calls to really talk through, you know, kind of the, the goals and, and help each other um, to, to kind of get to market faster. And we've, we've gotten a big number of people reaching out after the initial announcement um, from all over the world. Uh, and so we've, uh, we're now adding an additional, um, you know, set of organizations to bring us to, to 70 members uh, overall, which is which is really exciting. And, you know, these include some of the biggest names in, in sort of the industry. And so, yeah, I think for for us, you know, I think there's we're still at the beginning. There's a lot of work to do, but it's it's been exciting to see really major organizations embrace this technology and and and, and contribute to it. Yeah, I. I am truly honored to be sitting down with you right now. You know, you're you're kind of at the forefront of this new financial world that we're going to be living in. Um, it, it's pretty mind-blowing to think about. And like you were saying, you know, especially with what's going on right now with these relief programs, uh, you guys are very much reducing the friction that is involved. Because like we said, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, you know, can we can we kind of get into some of those big names that you were talking about? Because uh, I don't know that my audience knows 
you know, who exactly is involved in this. I want them to really understand, you know, how big this is. Uh, because, you know, everyone's got these partnerships going on in the industry. Sometimes they're a nothing burger. And I hate to say it, but, you know, OneCoin announces a partnership with these people and it really turns into nothing. But I look through the list of who is who is part of this alliance already um, and then some of the names that are that are joining. Do you think we could just walk through a couple of them to really get my audience on the same page as us? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I will say kind of one thing that, you know, for us, um, obviously, it's 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 great to work uh, with, you know, with, with big organizations that have been, you know, have like strong expertise around, you know, the, the use cases that we care about. But we're, we're equally excited about, um, you know, uh, startups and, and small organizations that uh, oftentimes, you know, within their communities play a, a very important role. And so I actually like anchor less around the size of the organizations, even though overall, you know, and I get this asked a lot, you know, how do we, how do you, Renee, you know, how does Cello have any chance uh, competing with, with Libra, right? Given the, the billions of users on, on Facebook uh, platforms. That was another question I did have for you. you you're <laughs> yeah. kind of the, the David trying to take on Goliath here in some people's eyes, you know, how, how, how yeah. is that going to get done? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think with kind of that in mind, right, I think it is important to, to also have, uh, you know, kind of really big organizations in the Alliance, because that's kind of how you, in a way, get get to the scale that um, that kind of puts you in a position to to operate this network at, at a scale where it is kind of more comparable to to the scale that uh, something like you know someone like Facebook could tap in. And so, even with the initial uh, fifty members, um, that gives kind of Cello a reach into about four hundred million people around the globe. And you know, so the the users and communities that that those organizations touch. And uh, that kind of increases now with, with the new members coming on board. But, you know, the interesting thing is that it's not necessarily, uh, and I agree with you there, you know, the space is littered with announcements of partnerships and, you know, collaborations. And, and, and here, um, what's been nice is that I think all of the organizations in the Alliance um, are deeply committed to this, to this long-term mission. You know, it's not, it's not something that they're like, oh, you know, this is kind of a, maybe a cool new technology. Let's, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. But, you know, uh, in almost all of the conversations, what, 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 there's this point where it's like, wow, like I'm doing work one way today. And if this technology, um, if I implement this technology, wow, it can actually make my processes 10 times more efficient or it can, you know, make it 10 times better. And I think, that's what we're what we're looking for. I think if they're you know if the technology does not solve an immediate kind of business need in a, in a way right or an organizational need, then it's it's also not very likely that uh, there's there's going to be kind of long term utility in, in sort of being part of the organization and you know joining the committees, joining the calls, right? I mean this, this is work, right? I mean every alliance member also you know takes on uh, you know a commitment to be a, a good member of the community, and so. Yeah, what I've what I've kind of uh, noticed is, and I, I'll give maybe um, I'll give kind of uh, two examples. One is uh, with a with a company called Appen, which um, is one of the biggest providers for um, for micro work out there. So you know, I think for those of you maybe not familiar with that space, when when people uh, or when when big companies, you know, big social networks even, um, you know, want to identify 
kind of spam content on their platform, they usually have like, you know, pretty sophisticated machine learning, uh, you know, infrastructure to do that. But those machine learning kind of classifiers need training data for the most part. And so that usually kind of happens in the form of microtasks where, where people will, um, for example, tag an image and say, oh, you know, this image has a, um, you know, has a car in it. And then, you know, the machine learning classifier can be trained on that to know next time there's something that looks similar that, that it's there. And, you know, with sort of the, the rise of like, you know, this digital economy and, and digital content, the demand for these microtasks has exploded. But even though there are people all over the world who would, would love to kind of, you know, you know, do these tasks, pick up these tasks for, uh, for, for pay, it's, it's not so easy because in you know, many places, there's no good way to actually get money, get paid from these systems, get money out of the system into a local context. PayPal in many places doesn't, doesn't work for that. And so we, uh, we ran a program recently with Appen in, in Kenya where people were doing micro work uh, on their phones and then getting paid directly into their cello wallet um, with, um, with, with cello dollars. And then we're able to you know, basically cash out, pay at the local store uh, for, for food. And so the, the, you know, from completing a task to actually having bread in your hand, you know, was basically kind of, you know, uh, compressed to just even a few minutes in some cases. And, and that's really, really powerful, right? Because you're, you're suddenly, you know, when I, when I think about this example, I, um, I think about all the greatness that the internet has brought in terms of, you know, really bringing broad access to information to the world, uh, most of the world. But yet, you know, economic opportunity or the ability to participate um, in the global economy hasn't actually been enabled in a similar way. And I think this is where blockchain cryptocurrencies can, you know, this is kind of the next wave, right? This is where um, if we kind of all work together on that, we can enable that. Yeah. It's truly crazy to think about. You guys really are bringing these financial tools and digital assets to the entire world. I actually sat down with uh, Andreas Antonopoulos a while ago, and he talked about his biggest mission being bringing you know, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin to the other 6 billion people in the world because we get so caught up in... I, I live in a first world world country. Most of my audience does as well. We get very caught up in... This is for me, it works very easily. They don't think about the other people where, you know, this this can actually bring a lot of change to their life and bring a lot of value to their life. Uh, so just the sheer number of people that you're working with, I think gives you guys the best chance to make this possible. Uh, and I love that you talk about not only these large institutions, but also these much smaller specialized companies, uh, because I think that was something that was lost uh, with Libra and Facebook's whole deal was that, you know, it's these very, very large corporations. Uh, they kind of lose sight of the little guy, in my opinion. Uh, and it seems to bring yeah. more value to them, the big guys, than anybody else. Whereas you yeah, guys I mean, seem yeah. to be focused on everybody. And just and just to add to this, right? I mean, being an entrepreneur myself, you know, I mean, and having worked in big and small companies, you, 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 you know, you know that the, the speed at which you can move in a startup is, is so much faster, right? And so it's uh, from an innovation perspective, um, I think for us, you know, we, uh, we want to embrace that, right? We, um, some of these challenges I had and, and, and kind of some of the use cases, what, what needs to be figured out requires 
you know, fast iteration in market, kind of small teams, um, you know, building something and iterating on it. And, you know, I actually think that small organizations are in a, in a great position to, to, um, to do that and, and in a way benefit largely um, where incumbents may be kind of slower to react. We, we do see some of the big organizations, you know, we like, you know, Grameen, Mercy Corps and others that, um, you know, have, have been investing in this, in this, in this space and the technology and um, have, you know, really people um, inside the organizations that, that get this technology at a very deep level. And that, um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing to kind of see how far we've come as an, as an industry in terms of that being the case. So there are definitely um, those that, you know, are very forward thinking and that move very fast. But in a large part, I think this is a big opportunity for um, organizations in market on the ground that are close to the customers, close to the use cases, which, which by the way, was also a reason why we, um, uh, you know, we're very excited when uh, Polychain announced the ecosystem fund uh, for, for, for Cello last year. Um, and we're, we're a small LP in that, uh, the Cello Foundation and, and so is Andreessen. But the idea there is like, you know, the next, the next square, the next stripe may actually not be started in, in Silicon Valley, but it may be started in, you know, uh, you know, and it probably already is being started. Sorry. Right. It's, it already exists, right? But, uh, you know, th these these companies are the next wave of these kind of uh, fintech winners are, are, are not being started in Silicon Valley, but they're being started in, you know, Dar Salaam and, and Nairobi and, you know, um, Bogota, Buenos Aires, um, Manila. So that's, that's really kind of what's exciting. And, and for us, I think with Cello, we want to provide the best possible infrastructure uh, to, to enable that and, and enable that fast. There we go. Yeah, I, I feel like, again, just going back to it with these larger companies and corporations, the little guy kind of gets forgotten about. Uh, and you're right in the fact that, you know, there's this bureaucracy and things move slow. You got to jump through a lot of hoops. Uh, when you've got feet on the ground with these smaller startups, uh, you know, they really know what the community needs, wants, and they're able to provide it very quickly. So I'm blown away with what you guys are doing. It's it's unreal. And I think this is, you know, a big part of this decentralized cryptocurrency movement uh, is to get access to these financial tools for, you know, the entire world, which you guys are doing wonderfully. Uh, so we do have time for one more question. And I, I usually like to wrap up with, you know, a biggest tip for my guest. Uh, and this is your bread and butter right here. Uh, what is your biggest tip for my audience on helping with the spread of adoption, uh, especially to the quote unquote other 6 billion or the 5.6 billion people that have access to a smartphone today? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, after after getting sort of the initial technology um, built and, you know, we open sourced last June and then also launched our Alphanet there. And, and since then, it's really been all about, uh, you know, engaging with uh, members in our community, hosting, uh, or, you know, holding workshops, meetups, and, and starting to see that, you know, happen organically and, and, and supporting those efforts. And, you know, I think for us, what's been, what's been really interesting is that, you know, we, uh, in, in some ways, we've been fortunate because we've spent a lot of time um, all over the world in different markets and have been getting a lot of feedback uh, and, and and support and input on what on, on what we're building and and then starting to see participation once you know that was possible with the technology being open source 
uh, one, uh, and this is more specific to, to crypto projects, one thing that's always interesting, how do you actually enable broad participation, right? Token economics, um, it's, it's one of the these most powerful kind of ways um, to, to think about this kind of these, these, this, this new economy. And, and so for us, we are, we, we just stood up uh, RC1, which is the release candidate for, for mainnet. We now have a, uh, an actual uh, public network and this was stood up by the community of our validators. And, uh, you know, we're now in a position to actually, we're doing an, an auction on CoinList to, um, that's open to, um, not open to people in the US, but to, to people all over the world. And we're doing it because we want to make sure that now um, someone who has been kind of organizing events um, in, you know, uh, in, in market or wants to run a validator has the ability to actually purchase a seller gold to, to actively participate in the network. And so thinking about, you know, the tip would be for, for anyone to, who's building, who's building um, something in the space, thinking about kind of building the community uh, and, and allowing the community to kind of also participate early on, you know, even ahead of uh, the token being listed on exchanges, uh, which in our case, you know, it's going to happen uh, once uh, gold transfers are turned on in, in mid late May. Awesome. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, again, you know, this, this has been a very eye opening talk. I'm very excited to see what you guys are going to do. We've got about a minute left before we get kicked. Uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. Is there anything else that you want my audience to know? No, look, um, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, thanks so much for having me on the show and uh, looking forward to keeping in touch and, and checking in. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what you guys are doing. Uh, it's, it's very awesome. Again, thank you so much.